Hola mi gente, bienvenidos. I'm your host Lore and this is Creepy Chisme. Some stories and info are not suitable for all, especially young children. Listen at your own risk. Hola mi gente, it's your girl Lore here with another episode of Creepy Chisme. How y'all doing? Me? I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Today I have a special episode, something a little bit different. I hope you guys enjoy it. There are topics I love talking about, but I'll get into those laters. Laters? What? <laughs> Later. Oh, I am nearing the end of the school year and I cannot wait. It's like the closer we reach to the end, I think we have like 11 days, 10 days left. The kids just get worse and worse and worse. And like, you're so close, you could taste it, feel it, whatever. <laughs> but these kids, they're trying to take me for dead. I have been reading, now remember my last episode, I told you guys that because of this whole pandemic, us being locked in and all this stuff, we're gonna be seeing some crazy true crimes coming up. And I wasn't wrong because literally, I gotta stop saying literally. (laughs) Every week I read these crazy stories. My last two stories were insane. If you haven't listened to the past episode, go listen. But trigger warning, the topic of the main episode last time was pretty raunchy, so be careful. Uh, Read the warning before you listen. And if you can't listen, just make sure to listen to the beginning because you need to hear Those two update article stories I read, woo, crazy. You guys have been showing so much love, sending me messages, replying to posts. I love it. Don't stop. (laughs) I can always count on you, mi gente. So today's episode is a little lengthy, so I want to get right into it. So let's start with some creepy chisme updates or stories. So before I get into the case that I read about this week, I want to mention that I did see, uh, do you remember the Tristan Bailey case? Well, Aiden Fucci has been given a date for his first hearing, which I believe is going to happen in July. And the judge also said that November, the trial will start. And I'm telling y'all, he looks a hot mess. So hopefully... He is having a miserable time in prison. I wouldn't wish him anything more. So keeping my eye on that case for y'all. I also read some other crazy, I mean, I'm telling y'all, I read so many crazy cases, I didn't even know which one to choose from. My sister actually sent me one today that I was like, what? I I gotta, I gotta share it with you. But before I do that, has anybody been tuning into this, I guess in honor of Friday the 13th, since we're having Friday the 13th this past week, They're doing um, on Hulu the show, it's called Candy, and it's about a true murder, which it seems familiar, and I've probably heard the story before, but I'm trying my best not to look it up, not to look too much into the show, and just watching it. And then in the end, I'll look up the true case, because it keeps saying based on a true crime. So I'm trying not to spoil it, but it is seeming a little familiar, so I may know the case. But if you haven't watched it and you love true crime like me, You need to go watch Candy on Hulu, not sponsored. It's just really good. Uh, Jessica Biel plays Candy, which I think her name is Candace, Candy for short. Uh, She's actually pretty good at the role. And again, like I said, I haven't looked anything up of the case, so I don't know how the woman actually looks. So I can't wait. I think uh, today's Thursday, so tomorrow is the last episode. I'm going to watch the fourth episode tonight before bed. So yeah, I've only watched three, y'all, and I think it's pretty good. (laughs) But there's only five, so I think there's only five. So I had a story lined up for today, but this one, (laughs) I was just like, what? So thanks to Laura for sending this in, my sister, Lala. Uh, This is wild. Literally the only, you see what I'm saying? I say literally too much. If you guys want to have a a drinking game, drink every time Laura says literally. (laughs) 
I'm trying my best to stop because I hate when people say literally, literally, literally. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so the headline is, a man died of a heart attack while burying a woman he killed. I'm not making it up. It's from South Carolina. So investigators in South Carolina made a breakthrough in an unusual homicide case involving a man who they believe killed a woman in his backyard and then suffered a heart attack and died as he attempted to bury her. So the local sheriff deputies and paramedics say they were initially called to the house in Trenton, South Carolina after receiving a report of an unresponsive man lying in his backyard. So when they got there, they found the body of Joseph McKinnon, 60 years old. Also nearby the body, a Patricia Ruth Dent, who was 65, wrapped in trash bags lying in a freshly dug pit. What? <laughs> what? This is exactly what I mentioned before. This is exactly what Ed Kemper, remember, said. You would be surprised how many people get away with murder. And that in itself is terrifying. Here's this no-name who murdered his girlfriend and is burying her in the backyard. How many of our backyards have a body in it? That's all I'm saying. Just think about it. And how many people have gotten away with murder? <sighs> it's terrifying. Now, investigators believe that McKinnon may have died of natural causes, but they immediately suspected foul play in the woman's death. Later, an autopsy revealed that McKinnon had suffered a cardiac arrest and the woman had been strangled to death. The pair had been living together at this specific address in the rural area of Trenton, and evidence gathered at the scene, along with some statements from witnesses, aided investigators to build a timeline, leading us to believe that Mr. McKinnon attacked Miss Dent while inside the home. Well, no shit if he's burying her in the backyard. <laughs> now... Here's my issue with this story, though. If you accidentally or purposefully, whatever, killed your spouse, would you really want to bury them in the backyard? Like, you would always be reminded that they're there. And not just that. Think of all the nightmares you're going to have. <laughs> Why am I like this? Why does my brain think like this? But seriously, that's... that's oh, I almost said it. I almost said literally. That is my first thought. <laughs> Why would you... Put them somewhere where you live on. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. So police say that the pit was partially filled. So he didn't even finish the crime. That is insane. I mean, like, what do you do in this case? Because both of them are dead. And also, like, woman literally took him down. Like, she was like, you killed me. I'm taking you too. And wow. It's been a while since I have mentioned aliens. And I don't talk about aliens enough, but I'm going to be honest, I get a lot of people that turn heads when I mention aliens, so I save those for the conspiracy episodes, which is coming soon, I promise. However, I'm going to talk about aliens for a little bit. Nothing crazy, I just want to let y'all know that recently, the number of sightings in the sky has gone up. We're talking about areas such as Ohio is a hot spot. Pennsylvania, so kind of this northern, west, northwestern, midwest, how do you say it? Northwest, midwest. <laughs> that sounds so funny. Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, yeah, around there. So just keep your eyes on the skies if you live around there. The other night, actually, I was sitting outside with my dad and my brother, and it's always me, right? It's always me that sees something in the sky. So we're sitting there chilling, having a bonfire, and... Through the trees, I see in the sky this long white, it looked like a dotted line. You know how you see like a little dashed line? That's what it looked like, but it was moving. So I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And like, I almost walked into the fire and everything. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, what am I seeing right now? And there's people here to witness it with me. Like, what am I seeing? So we saw it and I'm like, what is that? You know, I did not immediately say aliens because... It was moving rather slowly, but still moving, and something I've never seen before. Now, I did say, though, because I was like, it's not a meteor, because I've seen meteors, I've seen shooting stars, they zoom across the sky, and yeah, they leave a little trail, but not like this. This was weird. And so, we were all, like, they saw it, so we were all like, oh, but nobody said aliens. <laughs> so later, my dad tells me that he saw on the news that there was some type of special, like, meteor shower that night. Now... <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, 
But am I the only one who in my lifetime, in my 21 years of life, just kidding, I'm older than that. (laughs) In my lifetime, I feel like I see on the news way too often, meteor shower tonight. It's the last one for the next 10 years. We see that, right? Or like, it's a red moon tonight. It's the last one for so many years. And then I feel like every single year, there's a meteor shower or there's this and this. Yeah. Well, apparently there was a meteor shower that night, but later on UFO TikTok, I saw somebody say that it wasn't a meteor, it was some type of alien ship. Because a meteor, like I said, does not leave a dotted trail the way this did. Now, I'm, I live in Illinois, near Chicago. People in Ohio saw this, this exact same thing. You can even look it up online, there's pictures. Um, In Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, they all saw it. So keep your eyes on the skies, y'all. You might just see something. I told my friend the other day, it takes 20 minutes. Just look at the sky for 20 minutes and you're gonna see something. I'm actually gonna go stargaze right when I finish recording to take a little break from the stress of the week. But anyway, Let's get started, y'all, with today's topic. What is intuition? How can one describe it? And can we learn to make our intuition stronger? Now, for many of my episodes, you guys hear me say, listen to your intuition. Listen to your intuition. They should have listened to their intuition. I guess the way I describe intuition to someone is don't think, just feel. And whatever your first feeling was, go with that. So all y'all that have cold feet before marriage, <laughs> just run, don't do it. <laughs> but for real, it's the this really strong feeling that I get. I feel it strongly with people. Like I know who to let in and who to keep at a distance. I'm really good at knowing almost immediately when someone is going to be good. Now, in the past, I didn't really listen to my intuition, and I have literally been taken advantage of by most of my past good friends, which is really sad. And even after years of friendship, they'd still do something mean and just use me. So I've had some pretty bad luck with past friendships. But by like the sixth person to do this to me, I was like, why do I allow these toxic humans to hurt me and be in my life? So I started listening to my gut feeling when it came to meeting people, how a person makes me feel. And one time I was actually explaining to my friend Joe how our friendship is and has always been so effortless. And he was like, well, that's the way a friendship should be. He's right. That's how it should be. So yeah, I've always kind of noticed like things when, you know those TikToks where they're like, guess the number or guess the color. It's always my first guess, most of the time. But I am the queen of second guessing everything. And about a year ago, I did an astrology chart reading and I 100% believe in all of that. But (laughs) your girl is clueless on how it all works. So I filled out this questionnaire and it asked me like questions like your birthday, uh, your name, what time you were born, which I got that from my mom. I don't know if it was accurate, but... It worked. After filling out the questions, they sent me this chart. And in the chart, it explains about my past, present, and my future. And I was really shocked that for my past, it was so spot on, it scared me. So it said that I'm the type of person who has missed so many opportunities in my career and love life especially. All because I don't listen to my intuition. And I think back and I was like... Yeah, that's absolutely right. There were so many missed opportunities that they just felt so good and so right. But because I was afraid to listen to my intuition and just the fear of rejection, I completely changed my whole life path and took the hard road instead. But it's okay because all of that made me who I am and taught me to just listen to that feeling of knowing that something feels right or not. Actually, over the weekend, I went out, which I never go out, and I didn't wanna go. I didn't. I'm that type of person that's like, yeah, I'll go, and then I'm like, ugh, I don't wanna go anywhere. I just wanna stay in bed, right? Watch a movie. But I went, and it was like a shitty day. It was like raining, cold, and yucky. 
and I'm like, uh, just I'll go for a little bit. I'll just go for a little bit. And I went and it was with a bunch of coworkers and I ended up sitting and talking to two coworkers that are new this year and I never really talked to them much. Not because I don't want to, but mostly because of scheduling and also just We don't get much time to talk in a school. If you're a teacher, you know what I mean. So I sat with them and the conversation was amazing. I'm telling you, I have never in my life connected with two human beings the way I did. Now this whole week, I think I even posted something about this. This whole week, I had this feeling of anticipation like something was coming. You know how like when you're waiting for someone, you know someone's coming, like maybe someone's picking you up. And I didn't know what it was, but I finally, I was just like, I'm gonna just listen to this and go with this feeling. And I'm like, something's coming for me. And I think it was friendship in a way I've never experienced before. And who knows? Out of friendship could bloom other things, you know? So like, it was amazing. (laughs) And we all kind of were like, yeah, I wasn't gonna come, but... I just, I did. And and honestly, something was telling me to go. And I'm so glad that I did. And I know it's not a huge thing, but I think I'm more excited that, as I've told you in the past, I'm working on listening to intuition. And that right there just proved to me that my intuition is spot on once again. So yeah, just the feeling of knowing that something feels right or not. That's what intuition is. So the actual definition is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. Now let's get a little philosophical here. Now philosophy, ooh, it hurts my brain, y'all. But I'll try my best to explain it the best I can. So philosopher John Locke, contrasts intuition to sensory perception on one side and demonstration on the other side. So sensory perception, he explains, is about like particular things. So think of a circle. Now we know that a circle is round. However, we are not restricted to make judgments about these particular things. So if we agree that a round circle is not a triangle, that is a generalized and abstract truth. Now Locke says that our judgment that circles are round and that triangles are not in itself is an intuitive thought. So he says that we are recognizing features of our ideas. So in other words, we know that no round things are triangles without a thought. Therefore, it's intuition. And so Locke says through demonstration, we justify this intuition. So by figuring out the angles of the triangle, we can prove that it is not round. Now there are steps to figure this out and Locke says that each of those steps is intuitive. Now I know it's crazy (laughs) and wild, but just think about this. So he believes that if you just know something without thinking, it's intuitive. Four plus four is eight. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to take steps to think about to figure out four plus four is eight. I just know it. I hope y'all knew it too. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm worried about you. (laughs) So people who claim that they're not intuitive, you're absolutely wrong, according to John Locke. Now, being able to look at anything you just know without thinking makes you an intuitive person. The grass is green. The sky is blue. We know those things without thinking. Now, some other philosophers think that intuition is an indirect way to grasp knowledge and morality. Some think that it can be intuitive if it's rehearsed. So like I mentioned, those steps to figure out the angles of the triangle, after they are learned, they eventually become intuitive. However, most philosophers agree that intuition is a very good way to make judgments, but in doing that, we also have to allow that Sometimes it's going to fail and lead us the wrong way, aka my past. (laughs) But eventually we correct our mistakes and we learn from them. Ugh, that is such an important thing. You learn from your mistakes. So philosophers study intuition and there are so many theories (laughs) 
It's not even funny. But we truly, in the end, will never understand intuition. Now, it's important because it helps us relate to everything around us, right? Every single person is intuitive. However, not everyone has the ability to use or understand it. But we do have it. And some say that there are some ways that we can grow and better use our intuition. Now, this is something I've been practicing, like I've told you, the past year and a half, maybe two years. And I've just been learning to stop second-guessing things and just go with my first thought or my first feeling. And it's actually been working rather well. But here are some ways that you can grow and strengthen your intuition. Now, intuition is our natural knowing. You know, like that feeling you get when you know someone is behind you? Try listening to that and just check. Check and see if somebody's there. Now, here's some steps for you to practice growing your intuition or that gut feeling you get. So first, we're going to go back into past memories. Think of a time when something didn't go very good or something didn't go right. Now, any time in your life that you have ever said, I knew this was going to happen. I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have done that. Something like that. Maybe it was like a past relationship or a choice you made. Maybe you knew that it wasn't a good idea, but you did it anyway. So think of all those moments in your past like this and how many of those times Did you feel a certain feeling that had you went with it, you never would have gone through what you did? So reflecting on those moments will help you pay closer attention to those same feelings in the future. Now, another way to grow our intuition is meditation, which I have told y'all before. Meditate, meditate, meditate. (laughs) Life is a hustle and bustle and our minds are just constantly thinking, I have to do this. Oh, I forgot that. I have to pay this bill. Meeting at seven. So take the time to just like focus and clear your mind. Seriously, all you need is like five to ten minutes a day of meditation. Longer if you want, but that's really all you need. And there's free meditation, podcasts, videos, playlists to help you out. And if you're that type of person that cannot focus your mind for just five minutes a day, then you definitely need meditation. <laughs> so try um, try like a sound meditation or a breathing meditation. I personally love those. And eventually you'll see it'll get easier and easier and you will want to meditate longer than five minutes a day. But I can't express this enough. Just if you meditate, you will become more self-aware And then you'll be able to listen to your natural knowing, your intuition. Now lastly, now this one's more spiritual, but ask for guidance. Some people say that the universe is what makes us feel those intuitive feelings, which is what I personally believe. But religious people give credit to the big man upstairs, the Lord. Now some think it's past loved ones guiding us like a spirit guide. And recently, I heard a really great theory on intuition. Someone said intuition is our past self telling us not to make the same mistake or to do the thing that we're supposed to do, lead us in the right direction. Now, if this theory is true, I told my brother (laughs) that I must have pissed myself off with all the past choices I've made in my life because woo, but it's okay. I'm on the right path now and that's what matters. So yeah, those are just like a few ways to become more intuitive. Now, only a few people are gifted with a strong intuition. I know I am, not a strong one, but I'm learning, right? And a lot of people in my family also experience this. But here's some ways to know if you are intuitive. So right off the bat, you're really good at easily picking up on emotions And most times you are described as a sensitive empath. Now, if you are emotionally self-aware, then you have a better understanding of your intuition. Now, most times you'll feel that gut feeling. This is 100% me. (laughs) You're good at reading people's body language, facial expressions, and tone. I never understood people that are like, I'm really bad at body language. What? But it just comes natural and easy for me and some people can't do it. So that's uh, a sign that you're very intuitive. Another way to know is you're a good judge of character. And I've always been this. I just never listen to myself. (laughs) You can read a person's aura. Again, 100% me. If you're a deep thinker, 
You feel the universe gives you signs to lead you the right way. Another way to know you have strong intuition is you're usually interested in mysticism and the occult. I have always been interested in the occult. Now, some think strong intuition is not learned, but more so a gift from another world. They also love myths and legends. Your girl is sitting right here. And last, now this one I didn't know. You're a vivid dreamer. So I never knew this, but apparently people do not remember their dreams. Now my dreams don't always make sense, but I remember a lot. Now sometimes I have the same dream and it's really weird. Like I wake up numerous times at night and still fall right back into the same dream. It's weird. And you know, now that I think about it, maybe I'm not falling back into the same dream. Maybe I'm not even waking up. Like maybe it's part of my dream that I'm waking up. I should record myself sleeping one night <laughs> just to see, but that happens way too often. Now these individuals also experience a lot of deja vu, which in one theory is due to the fact that your vivid dreams are stored as memories and so you do experience deja vu more often. Deja vu is actually the next topic that I wanna talk about. Like intuition, there's many, many theories on deja vu why we experience it, so let's get into it. Now, deja vu is defined as a feeling of having already experienced the present situation, so a familiarity. Now, I've experienced this maybe a handful of times in my entire life, at least that I've paid attention to, but not to the extent that some of you have. I actually polled you guys on Instagram I was really shocked to see that a lot of you experience it quite often. And because many people experience it quite often, deja vu can't be ignored. Something is happening, but what? Now, according to a general social survey, 90% of people claim to experience or will experience deja vu. Most of the times it occurs between the ages of 18 and 30. Those who experience it describe it as a very strong feeling of familiarity. I've been here before. I've walked this street before. I feel like I know what's gonna happen next. That kind of thing. But you don't remember when or how it could have already happened. And so because deja vu is a feeling, it's hard to 100% determine what it actually is. However, we can theorize what it might be. So deja vu might actually be a mistake of holding a memory by our perfect perfect brain, which indeed would justify that nothing is perfect, right? So our brains using our senses store particular memories, new memories. First, it's a short-term memory, and if it's super important, it becomes a long-term memory that's stored somewhere in the many different parts of the brain. But scientists think that if the brain only stores it into long-term and skips the short-term part, then those new memories might seem familiar. And then we question, have I ever been here before? Now, most times deja vu is very brief and happens randomly. So it's pretty hard to study which is why only theories exist. Now, fun fact, the term deja vu was created by Emile Barak, and it was a French term meaning already seen. I don't know, I found that fact and I thought it was pretty cool because I didn't know that. So, another theory called dual processing states that, like I mentioned, our brains record memories using our senses, so sight, hearing, smell especially. Now, our brains work really fast. Within milliseconds, it can capture a memory, probably even faster than milliseconds. However, if one of those senses is even slightly delayed and not in sync, it makes the brain think of that delayed sense as a completely separate event. So when the brain replays that separate moment as a memory, you feel as though you've experienced a new situation as one you've already experienced. The next theory I have is the hologram theory. So let's say that you see something that brings up a past memory. Well, according to this theory, it states that our memories are stored as these holograms in our brains. Now, in order to see a hologram, you only need just a little piece to see the whole image. So seeing that thing, that one thing, it sparks a memory in your brain and it recognizes it, but it can't 
piece it together. It can't find the rest of the memory. So it then feels very familiar, but you don't know why. Then there's this last theory that I want to mention. It's called divided attention. Now imagine being in a place where your brain is creating a memory, but at the same time, you're fixated on one specific thing. So then when you stop being distracted by that one specific thing, you feel as though you're familiar with the whole environment around you, but you're really not. Your brain was taking it in. So although the brain is recording everything in your peripheral vision, it's doing it below conscious awareness. So when you come back by not being distracted by that one specific thing, you notice your surrounding and you get that feeling of, have I been here before? That, I actually, this theory is my favorite. I can definitely see that happening. So this theory is definitely my favorite. Our brains are amazing, I tell you. Honestly, most of these theories claim that deja vu stems from just a slight glitch in our brains, mostly in the part that stores and saves memories. Now our minds have so many different areas, like I said, where it stores things and most of us haven't even used every part of the brain. Now this man named Sadhguru, I love him, he's on TikTok and YouTube, <laughs> he explains that everything we have perceived, even if it was perceived unconsciously, it's still stored in the brain. He gives this example that I love. So to show how great our minds are, say you're driving to work and you take the exact same route every single day. So as you're driving, your focus is, well, <laughs> your focus should be on the road. However, why is it after a few weeks, you start to become really familiar with almost everything on the sides of the road that you pass every single day. You don't sit there and study every single building, every single fire hydrant, and try to memorize the drive, right? But our minds, even though we don't realize, take it in and they store it in the brain somewhere. Now this happens with, once again, our five senses. Sadhguru also says that every single sense we take in, a sound, a sight, a taste, smell, whatever, it's all recorded and kept in our mind's storage. Mostly in the unconscious part of the brain because there's just so much stored. You can't even imagine, he says, how much is kept in our minds. Therefore, our minds create situations we may have never seen or been through and convinces us otherwise. Simply because the mind has so much stored that it, it can create almost any scenario to make us think something is familiar. That makes me think of like how people say that in our dreams, we see people who we've never seen, right? But someone once explained to me that every face we've ever seen in our dreams are people that we've seen in life. So imagine walking to the grocery store. You pass tons of people. You're not sitting there memorizing their faces but your brain does. You don't even realize it. So when you're dreaming, that weird man in your dream might be the man you passed at the grocery store last week. It's crazy. I'm telling you. <laughs> the brain is amazing. So 90% of the time, this explains deja vu. However, Sadhguru believes that people who go somewhere they've never been and feel they've been there before, like maybe a country you've never been to or a place that's just 100% new, you know you've never been there. That also can be real deja vu, but still mostly might be your mind making up scenarios. However, he says that maybe only 2% of people actually experience real deja vu because they are consciously aware of all the parts of the mind. So in other words, not everyone can do this. It's very hard. He also goes on to say that most times you experience deja vu just we discount it, which is what I do, <laughs> because more than likely, it's just our mind tricking us into feeling that familiarity. So in other words, he believes in deja vu, but it rarely happens. And when it truly happens to someone, then it's 100% fact. Now, some other theories or ideas on deja vu that I've heard are, it's a past life memory mixed into now. Now this one also falls into another dimensional being of yourself who's had that experience already somehow, stored that memory in its past or future self. Crazy, I know, it's just a theory. <laughs> then there's this theory that spouts of deja vu is like a rewind of time or a reset of time 
where you remember slightly something that's already happened. Kind of like intuition. Deja vu is just like a ton of different theories with no real direct answer. Don't you just love philosophy? <laughs> it hurts my brain, but these two things happen so often and are experienced by tons and tons of people, including you, a lot of mi gente. So it's gotta be 100% believable. Something is definitely happening. happening. So my next topic is also under the category of unknown. However, a bit more creepy, but in a good way. I'm talking about messages from the dead. Ooh. <laughs> now that being from someone you know or someone you didn't possibly, many experience this in different forms. So can we receive messages from the non-living? Now, I want to talk about a few different things in this session, so bear with me. Now, if you're a longtime listener, then you know my beliefs on life after death, which I still explore different theories, and I love discussing these topics. But I've mentioned how I feel that nothing but energy is left behind. So, for example, when we pass on to the next life, there's certain places in our previous life that our strongest energies were stored. So, say you loved your house, and it brought you a lot of joy and you spent a lot of time there, your home made you feel some strong feelings. So when you pass on, some of that strong energy is left behind and attached to your home. So people see you in your home. Just glimpses of you, right? Now this energy can also attach to a person, an object, a piece of land. This is why we see ghosts, or energies, is what I like to think. That's just my theory. That's, um, that is 100% made up by me. And it doesn't have to only be strong positive energy. It can also be negative energy. So for instance, someone who was murdered. At the time of their murder, their energy was so high that after death, that energy still lingers in the area they were murdered. I can go on and on with my theory, but it's just that, a theory. But if my theory is correct, then this is where I get kind of caught up because psychics. Psychics actually claim to speak to the dead or the deceased, and if my theory is correct, psychics are fake. And I'm not sure I think they are, and I'm not sure that I believe that. Now, not everyone can see or speak to the dead. Honestly, I think it's a gift. However, I've always felt we are all born with it. Just as we get older, we tend to lose it. So I watched this really short documentary on psychic mediums. I wanted to understand them a little bit better, and one woman who claims to be a psychic medium says, quote, I don't know what I am. I don't even know if I'm psychic. But I feel these things so strongly and just have to get them out. Whatever I feel, I have to tell, end quote. So she describes these angelic spirit guides that she calls angels, and they help bring spirits to her to give messages out. When she's focused on communicating with the dead, she says that if a naked man were to walk into the room, she wouldn't even notice because she'd be so zoned out when talking to the deceased. Now, another woman who claims she was born with the gift of second sight which is a term I've never heard, <laughs> but all right. She describes this as, quote, think of all of us as TVs. We all have channels, but not all of us are tuned in, end quote. So she says that by entering a meditative state, she can communicate with spirit, but the spirit must also lower themselves and come forward or else it won't work. Now the man interviewing the two psychics, he does say after watching them both work, that they weren't always 100% correct. But nobody's perfect, right? So that makes sense. Now, I've never had a psychic reading where they speak to deceased family. Honestly, I'm very fortunate to not have super close family or friends that I've lost. So I don't think anyone would come forward for me, but you never know. So can psychics really communicate with the dead? I don't know, but it is possible. Now, many have claimed to receive messages from the dead. I have a personal story that I think I shared before, but I'll share again in a minute. But when I say message, I'm talking about anything from a specific smell, a noise, just a feeling, and most experience this the strongest just days or weeks after losing a loved one. Now I'm going to share a story from my dad. Now when my mom's mom passed away, it was a sudden death because she was very young. However, she did get to meet my dad and 
even told him that he and my mom would be together for a very long time. Actually, oddly enough, their anniversary is tomorrow, <laughs> and it's been well over 40 years, so happy anniversary, mom and dad. Now, my grandma, she was very intuitive, so she got to know my dad, and she loved him very much. See, my dad emigrated here and really had no one except a few friends and a few cousins that he was with, so my grandma kind of felt bad for all of them, and took them under her wing. She loved having them around and took care of them. So anyway, unfortunately, my grandma passed right before my parents got married, and my parents' big wedding turned into a very small, intimate gathering. Mostly because my mother was still mourning, and so was the family. But my grandma, being intuitive, told my mom days before her death that whatever happened to her, she wanted them to continue on with the wedding. Which at the time, my mom was like, oh my god, don't say that, you know? You don't think anything of it. But I guess my grandma felt it. So yeah, she passed, and my dad said after her passing one night, he felt someone walk into their bedroom and sit at the foot of the bed near his feet. He looked, but there was nothing there. But he could feel somebody sitting there. He wasn't scared, he said he felt at peace. And then he said he felt this tingling, kind of like when your foot falls asleep, and it started at his feet, and then it went up his legs, up his torso, through his arms. And eventually he said he felt a flutter near his ear. He doesn't know what it was, but the thought of my grandma popped into his head and he knew that she had come to visit him. I love this story. <laughs> and a few people have told me stories about smelling either like a perfume that was familiar or a very specific smell that immediately makes them think of their deceased loved one. Some people see names when they're just like out and about that reminds them of someone they love that passed. Some experience hearing a voice similar to someone who passed. Seeing symbols that represent signs of a loved one visiting. Red cardinals, blue jays. I mean, it can be any animal really, but you get a feeling with this one and Here's where my personal stories fit in. Now I feel that I was visited by my abuelito in Mexico twice by two different animals. So we went to a cemetery to see my grandpa. I didn't get to attend his funeral in Mexico because distance and work and all of that. And so this was my first time in Mexico since his passing, so we went to visit his grave. Now, if you've ever been to a Mexican cemetery, it's gorgeous. So we go, we spend the day not the day, but we spent quite a while there just playing music. My uncle and my dad were dancing. It was really cute. Just reminiscing. And so we decided to leave. So we all said goodbye and we started walking out of the cemetery. As we're walking out of the cemetery, this little white, dirty little fluffy dog comes like out of, I don't even know where. <laughs> just completely out of nowhere. Now, Okay, it's Mexico. There's dogs everywhere, right? But what you don't know is my grandpa loved dogs. I mean, loved the dogs. He had a ton of dogs. They followed him everywhere. It was, he, he was a dog guy. <laughs> so this little dog comes out and also it's Mexico. Dogs either attack you or, or, you know, scare you. But this dog was different. This dog came right up to us and walked with us, almost like it was walking us out of the cemetery. Woo! And like, it just wasn't leaving us alone. And we all thought the same thing. We were like, it's Bajuan saying goodbye to us. That was so cool to experience that and also have my family and I, at the same time, just think of my grandpa. A few days later, while sitting together, because that's what we do in Mexico, there's not much else to do, sitting together chismeando, this beautiful yellow butterfly, huge butterfly, was like fluttering around us, okay? And you know, they uh, butterflies are a symbol that people say, oh, a deceased loved one can come back as a butterfly just to say hello. So of course my tias are like, oh, look, but when I tell you this butterfly wasn't acting normal, okay? So I was in Mexico for two weeks and every single day for the majority of my trip, I saw that yellow butterfly. 
and that yellow butterfly, (laughs) that yellow butterfly would come and fly around us. So, you know, the first couple of times nobody said anything, but eventually it was like, here's that butterfly again. And just the way it would act around us. It was just, I don't even know. (laughs) I don't know what to say. But then it got even crazier because one night it was raining. It was storming really bad. And we're all gathered under like my grandma had like this little porch. I don't know. It was covering us, but we were still outside. And my uncle saw the butterfly chilling on my grandma's roof and it was raining. So he picked up the butterfly, put it on his finger and the butterfly just stood there. And I was like, you know, it's drying off its wings. It must have gotten wet. So my uncle put the butterfly on his shoulder. And as we're sitting there talking, reminiscing, telling stories, laughing, having a great time, this butterfly is just chilling on my uncle's shirt. Now I have pictures of this. So we were all just like, oh, it's amazing. Like, wow. I don't know who said it first, but somebody was like, maybe it's Bajuan visiting us, which made us feel happy inside and okay was it really him no but like we all were just like oh that's sweet you know it's just a sign so the next day we had some cousins visit and we were all together and this really bad storm i'm talking like really bad like hail it was hailing i've never seen a hail in the rancho so we're all squished into my grandma's little kitchen We're looking at old pictures, taking out photo albums, talking, laughing, and my grandma's kitchen has a metal, uh, a metal roof. So it's hitting the roof and it sounds horrific. So we all look outside the front door and we're like, oh my God, look at it. It looks awful. And it was nice. The wind was nice and cool. So we're all standing out there and guess what? That yellow butterfly fell out of the sky right in front of one of my cousins. And my uncle picked it up again and he was, oh my God. And so then it was like, what the hell is happening? And so again, my uncle puts the butterfly on his shirt and it stormed for like an hour. And for one hour, that butterfly was on my uncle. Now get this, this is super crazy. My grandma's room was, uh, bedroom is attached to her kitchen. So we're all sitting in her bedroom. She has two beds in there and we're looking at pictures, laughing, talking. And this yellow butterfly that was on my uncle starts fluttering around the room landing on everybody that's when I knew that this was my grandpa visiting us hanging out with us and it was it's just something that I will never forget and I'm not saying a hundred percent I know it was my grandpa but for some reason when that butterfly was flying around us landing on us you just feel it you just feel that it's that person. So yeah, that's just a story I'll never forget. And I definitely think it was a visit from my grandpa. So yeah, those are just some simple messages that can easily be disputed, honestly. But as in my experiences, it's just a strong feeling or a presence of that loved one. Now, here's some more messages from the deceased that really cannot be explained, which leaves me to believe that, yeah, the dead can definitely communicate with the living. So now that we own technology, which is full of energy, people claim to receive messages through text, phone calls, and Facebook. (laughs) The computer. One man named Charles Peck was on his way to a job interview and was killed in a train crash. So right after the accident, not only his wife, but some other relatives and friends received phone calls from his cell phone. When they'd answer, there was only static that could be heard. Now some think it was Charles trying to call for help, but not being able to talk. Now rescuers used his calls to track his location. They did discover his body and determined that he died on impact. But guess what? The cell phone? was never found. This other story I heard was about a young girl that claims her deceased grandmother texted her. Now her grandma loved her cell phone, so much so that she asked to be buried with it one day. So they fulfilled that dream of hers. They buried her with her cell phone. Now the young girl, like most people do, to cope with the loss of a loved one is they continue to text or message the person to speak to them. You know they're not there, you know they're not gonna answer, but it's just a way to heal. So this young girl texts her grandma and she gets a reply. It says, I'm watching over you, you'll get through this. Then the young girl thought, this is a cruel prank and she asked 
who was responding and another message comes through. This message says, I'm watching over you and it's all going to get better. Just push through. So the family was so shook that they actually called the cell phone provider and they claimed that no one else had that number. Coincidence or not? Now, I've heard many of these stories, including ones where people get messages on Facebook, specific messages that only their loved ones would know. Now, we can also say that these stories can easily be disputed. However, the only explanation I can think of is some cruel person that hacked into their phone or account, which is really awful to think. So yeah, the unexplainable, the unknown, things that happen often, but really we'll never know if they are accurate. Does intuition work? Can we make it stronger? Do we experience bouts of deja vu and what does it mean? And can our deceased loved ones really send us messages? We'll never know. What do you think, mi gente? So I have a listener story for y'all today. This listener story comes from, from listener Susie. Now I haven't read this story because I'll be honest, <laughs> Susie messaged me on Instagram. It was pretty late at night. Well, at least when I saw the message, I'm not sure what time she sent it, but um, it was pretty late at night when I saw the message and I responded and she was responding to a story that I told recently from another listener about a young girl being pulled into a hole in the wall. And so I saw Susie's email and I started reading it and then I was like, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> I was about to go to bed and I was like, I don't want to have a nightmare or be scared. So this is my first read through with you, mi gente. So let's get started. It's titled, Scary Story from First Time Listener. Hola, creepy chisme. I came across your podcast on TikTok. Woohoo! <laughs> and being a true crime and supernatural fan, I immediately was hooked. I just heard the story you read about the young girl being dragged into the wall while being scratched. Something very similar happened to a family member of mine a few years ago. I live in Fort Worth, Texas, and I've heard a lot of ghost stories growing up mainly from my dad as he claims to see deceased people since he was a young boy growing up in Michoacan, Mexico. He would tell me and my six siblings these ghost stories as warnings for us. He always told us to never ever pay attention to them. Like if you think you hear something supernatural, to train our minds to rule it out logically and ignore it, to not feed into or pay attention to it and say a prayer immediately. Growing up, I just thought he was being silly and trying to scare us. That is until I was about 11 years old and something frightening happened to my older sister. From what I can recall and heard from my sister herself and my dad, the incident went like this. It was about 2 or 3 a.m. when I heard this loud commotion coming from the other end of the house. I was a bit confused and disoriented when I sat up at first. Then the muffled sound of crying and yelling became clear. It was my older sister and my parents. I couldn't tell at first if it was my mom or sister who was crying, but I knew it was a female. I quietly snuck out of bed and started walking down the hall towards the living room, and the words became clearer as I got closer. My sister was in some sort of hysterics holding on to my dad, while he was trying to console her by rubbing her back and smoothing out her hair. My mom was in front of them frantically asking my dad, ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué era eso? Now let me pause and give you a little background on my older sister so you don't think she was this fragile little damsel in distress or this crazy chick making up stories. My sister was a badass, plain and simple. She had looks, brains, and has all street smarts. She was a citywide known genius who won several academic awards and was invited to have lunch with the city mayor in 8th grade. Then she dropped out of school and joined a neighborhood gang. She was a certified chola, <laughs> and in my opinion, she was the head of her clique. My mom kicked her out when she found out about my sister's hidden lifestyle when I was about 8 or 9. But before then, I had seen her sneak out of, her, of our bedroom in the middle of the night, fearlessly into the darkness. I had been with her when she would be chilling with her homegirls. It seemed she was always in charge of the conversation and I could tell the other girls respected and admired her. She was living the gangsta life till I was about 12 or 13 years old when she came back home. Needless to say, she was tougher now. Get a girl. <laughs> now let's get back to it. 
My mom was very scared and firing off questions in Spanish and English to my dad and sister at rapid speed. Neither one of them noticed I was standing at the entrance to the hallway while they were in this huddle on the couch in the dark. My dad told her to calm down in a very assertive way. Calmate, chata. While my sister sobbed in his arms, that's when my mom seemingly calmed down and started asking, but in a very slow collective manner this time. Prieto, ¿qué pasó? Dime qué era eso. My dad was holding my sister against his chest. He didn't answer. My mom then directed the questions to my older sister. Mija, ¿qué pasó? ¿Quién te rasguñó las piernas? What my sister said through her sobbing made my heart stop and sent a cold chill down my back. She said, Mom, something grabbed my ankles, pulled me off the couch, and was dragging me into the garage. My mom gasped loudly. Ay no, Dios mío. My heart was beating in my ears and the chill was spreading all over my body as they continued talking. My sister said, I was asleep in the sala out of nowhere. Something grabbed me, jerked me off the couch, and I started kicking it and trying to hold on to the furniture, but it was too strong. I screamed, but nothing came out. I was in the hallway in front of the laundry room holding onto the doorway when I felt the cold air of the garage on my skin. I screamed and screamed and no one heard me. Then Homer, my dad, her stepdad, suddenly opened y'all's room door and grabbed my wrist and started to pull me out of the garage. But the thing wouldn't let go and it was clawing at my legs. She stopped and sobbed some more. My dad then said he heard her screaming and at first he thought he was imagining it. But her screams got louder and closer. He realized it was actually happening and shot out of bed towards the door of their room. He yanked the door open and saw her there on the floor holding on with everything she had to the doorway of the laundry room and hallway while something was pulling at her body which was already halfway in the garage. He quickly grabbed her by the wrist and started to pull towards him and grabbed his hands tightly and crying, told him to not let go. I stood there numb, but yet on high alert somehow. It's like my senses were at a 100% listening to every word, sound, and seeing everything. Like I was on guard waiting for the thing to come back for round two. Yet terrified, frozen, not able to move, and they continued to talk, still not noticing me. My mom asked where did the thing go? Why did it go after my daughter? My dad replied, he said a prayer while hanging on to my sister, and all of a sudden felt a gust of wind come at him. My dad felt my sister slipping out of his grasp when he decided to let go of one of her wrists and flung the light switch on in the laundry room. The thing dropped my sister and vanished as soon as the light illuminated the entire hallway. My dad then said he grabbed my sister by her underarms and dragged her back to the living room. I realized then that the hallway light was on, its orangey fluorescent light casting its glow just beyond the small hallway that had three doors facing each other. The garage door on the left, laundry room in the middle, and my parents' door to the right. Our living room was a very large space, so wide that the light only lit up about five feet into it. Where they were huddled was at the opposite far end in the darkness. My eyes adjusted to it, and being familiar with the living layout, I literally didn't need the light to see clearly. My mom now hugging my sister, sandwiched between her and my dad, and they were praying. This event is forever burned in my memory. We didn't talk much about what happened after that, as my dad doesn't like to feed into this type of cosas. My young two siblings were out cold. Till this day, I wonder why they didn't hear all the screaming and banging like I did. Their room was much closer to the living room, and their door was open the entire time. The next day, my dad talked to me a bit about what I had heard. He basically said, don't dwell on it. Pray every night with all of your heart, and God will continue to protect you from anything set out to hurt you. The more you give this attention, the more it will haunt you and this family. My older sister would later tell our cousin what happened while I eavesdropped from out in the hallway. I would hear my mom tell my tias at a barbecue in a very hushed tone as to not let my dad hear her talking about it. It wouldn't be till many years later, when I was about 20 years old, when I would be awakened in the middle of the night again. Thank you in advance if you choose to read my story. What? You can't leave us hanging. <laughs> you can't leave us hanging there, Susie. So uh, we'd love to hear some more stories. Did your dad have any stories that he told you? Um, I love 
family ghost whoa what was that did you hear that sounded like a moaning what a story now that was a pretty long one but again mi gente you guys the way you write your stories so good <laughs> the timing that this happened so you said anywhere from 2 to 3 a.m and then just the the evilness felt in what was happening definitely something evil i will say i knew someone who because you mentioned that your sister was like good great student, all that stuff, but then kind of chose the wrong path. So I do want to say that I knew someone close to me who also kind of went through that. Um, they kind of took a dark path and just became very rebellious. And everyone was like, oh, they're a teenager. But no, it was pretty bad. And she started seeing some crazy stuff. Like I'm talking like scary stuff. And, you know, I think when, especially teenagers, when they resort to those rebellious phases, I truly feel like things can happen. Um, so my question to you, Susie, is after this happened, did your sister kind of like clean her act up? Did she quit the gangs and all that? I'm just curious kind of like how your sister, did it change your sister? I guess that's my question. Did it change your sister with what happened to her? Has anything else ever happened to her? Um, yeah, <laughs> but very scary. And now this is the second story I've heard where somebody's being pulled by a ghost so, or whatever, and it's terrifying. So I hope you guys can sleep well. Thank you so much, Susie, for your story. I loved it. I hope you send me some more to read. Definitely creeped me out there. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to send in those listener tales like Susie did. Uh, send them to creepychisme for you. That's the number 4YOU at gmail.com. You can also send me messages on Facebook groups or on Instagram. I'm always checking Instagram. Send me your stories there. I'd love to read them. Also, make sure to leave me a five-star rating if you enjoyed this episode and a review if you super enjoyed and love the podcast so that other people will listen to it too. And hey, maybe I'll even read your review on the next episode. Don't forget to share this episode with anyone and everyone and all over social media. Follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook groups. And if you really enjoyed this episode, go comment on Instagram and tell me if you've ever experienced intuition, deja vu, or got a message from the dead. Gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy and spread the chisme. Adios, mi gente.